Greetings, everybody. I'm Jeremiah. That's him. She's Vanya. That's me. Welcome to another episode of the Beard and Curls podcast, where culture and creativity meets consciousness. And if you're new here, consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or follow us on your favorite platform for the latest, most exciting conversations anywhere. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Cue that intro. What's up, guys? It's your girl, Margo Bingham. Karen Parsons. You're now tuned in. You're now tuned in. You're now tuned in. You are now tuned in. You are now tuned in to Beard and Curls. 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 Keep it locked. Our guest today is currently doing her master's in leadership and management with an emphasis in organizational development. She's very passionate about effective leadership as well as helping others. You know her, you love her. Tishani. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me today. Yay, I'm super excited to have you. Today, we're going to be talking about everything that has to do with leadership. So we have a lot to discuss. So um, yeah, so let's start. So Dishani, how would you define leadership? I define it as an individual who can take a group of people or a team and work their strengths and weaknesses towards a common goal. So it's a selfless position. It, it looks at the greater good of the company and those who keep the company running. So it's a balance of both. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I believe, I actually think uh, Brene Brown defined it best in her book, uh, Dare to Lead, um, as anyone who takes responsibility for finding the potential in people and processes and has the courage to develop that potential. And I think that captures the definition of it so beautifully. Mm -hmm. No, I like that. I like the part about potential. So we're definitely gonna dive deeper into this. Do you believe that leaders are born or made? I believe leaders are born. To be an effective leader, you have to have natural and certain qualities because it's embedded into your personality. Uh, this creates an authentic relationship of trust with your employees because everyone is striving towards the same goal of improving the company opposed to existing for a steady income. We've all chosen our career path and our passion for a reason. It's something we're connected to within our hearts. So there's a clear line agenda under the reason why we applied for the position and we applied for the company that we sought out. So I believe that leaders are born, but unfortunately, many are trained. Leaders are natural and able to lead effortlessly. But when a leader is trained to lead, they become task-driven. So they mm -hmm. know how to manage a situation without coming to a real solution or for situations. Mm -hmm. So they're naturally able to flow through any situation, keeping everyone's best interests in mind at all times. But many people are put into leadership roles because they have been trained to be leaders, but they will never become a leader. So this can expand on their skills. This can um, expand on an understanding, but if they're not connected to it as a life mission or something they're passionate about, because again, leadership is the definition of not only being able to delegate tasks and complete those tasks and achieve goals, but it's as well as empowering, encouraging, and motivating the team that falls behind beneath you because mm -hmm. you're guiding them. So if you're not passionate about the team that you're overseeing, then you're not fully invested into them. And so you will see a rift in that connection and it will, you'll again, you'll be able to see it in how they respond, their performance. They aren't able to put out an as high work output as 
as someone who's using their strengths. So mm -hmm. it is very important to understand the differentiation between leadership and management because it's constantly confused. Um, mm -hmm. But in order to be, be effective in your management, you have to have leadership capabilities. Mm -hmm. So let's focus a little bit on the difference between leadership and management. So why do you think there is so much confusion in organizations? Because organizations prioritize experience, um, the number of years of experience someone has in a role. They'll find an employee that you know has a high work output, is very strong within their role, and is very successful within that role. And they go, hey, you know, we need you to train other people to work just like you because you are doing great. So we're going to promote you to a leadership role. Mm -hmm. But what they're not taking into consideration, does that person have leadership qualities? Does that person already have leadership capabilities embedded into their personality? Do you already see the leadership potential or are they just high functioning employees? Mm -hmm. uh, but because they, the idea is to create more people like you opposed to bringing out the strengths of the employees already in the organization, you create that disconnect. So mm -hmm. not only does it set up that person who was promoted to a leadership position for failure because now they're struggling in this role where they're used to performing at a high performance, but it also puts everybody that falls under them at a disadvantage too, because now they're confused, there's disconnect, there's most likely going to be a communication issue. And as well as employees can definitely sense when their leadership or their management is struggling. So it also, whatever happens down from the top, it always trickles down to the bottom. So we have to be very mindful of that. But I believe that companies are sometimes focused on the business, but we're not focused enough on the people component. And in order for the business to be successful, we have to focus on the people component because people operate out of passion. And when they operate out of passion, you have the most highest performance. Yeah, that's so true. And I think the people component is something that you can measure long term. And because a lot of organizations are very focused on um, metrics you know they just want to be able to measure things quickly mm -hmm. um, that means that a people component which is a little bit harder to measure can take the back seat a lot of times right and um but it doesn't mean that the frustration may accumulate and all of that so um so yeah i do definitely agree with you as well as the goals and the metrics will easily be attained as long as you have that people component. I feel that's a, a very pivotal step that's often just rushed over because of time. You know, mm -hmm. we're always rushing for projects, we're always rushing to meet deadlines that we don't take the time and the due diligence necessary to appropriately organize and plan for this project. And so again, it sets people up for failure because if we're skipping necessary steps, these are the foundational pieces to see these projects into success. So if mm -hmm. we do not allow that intention when necessary, well, either somebody's workload is increasing <laughs> because mm -hmm. they're having to at work at a higher level or uh, output a lot more because they're lifting, they're not utilizing the strengths and the weaknesses uh, at a balanced level within the organization. So. From what you're saying, and see, it seems like, um, like a leader should be very intentional about taking these steps. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So I wanted to talk to you about this um, statement um, by Simon Sinek, a leadership expert. Um, so he says, leadership is not a rank, it is a responsibility. Leadership is not about being in charge, 
It is about taking care of those in your charge. So what are your thoughts about this statement? <laughs> From everything I said, I, you know, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, but many do not understand the responsibility of being in a leadership role because it's only viewed as a promotion or is often viewed as mm -hmm. a promotion for themselves without understanding what's associated with the position. So we're all familiar with the term, with more power comes more responsibility. However, many trained leaders see the power, but not the responsibility. So again, it's not a rank. It's an opportunity. It's a, it's a very important opportunity. It's a foundational opportunity in order to not only guide a team into success, but as well as see the strengths within that organization, within that team. A lot of that can really go overseen because, again, not everybody is connected to every single team that makes up a company. Like, there's so many. And I mm -hmm. feel that's a very important role for you to be that advocate, for you to be that line of communication. Okay, what needs to be done? Okay, where, who do we have on here? Who can do that effortlessly? Who struggles in it? Who is working on improving that? How do we partner them together? So we're not just having employees operating at a stagnant level year after year after year, just because this checks off boxes within um, job role function, but we're improving those employees because as employees improve, so does the organization. We're only as strong as the people who operate it. So the more strength that we can encourage and grow as as well as um, invest back into the employees that's investing within us, that's the only way that we can actually truly see a successful organization. So it's easily mistaken as a rank, um, but it's not often seen as a responsibility. So we talked about um, leaders taking care of their team. So what about the team? Like, what would you say are the responsibilities of, of the team members? Accountability. Mm -hmm. I feel that we're only as strong as the accountability we see within us ourselves, as well as we bestow upon others. We're all adults. We're all working here for a reason, as previously stated. Our role and function is not only to do the job, but to do the job efficiently. So it's not leadership's role to be the only guide you have into improving yourself, being the only avenue of information to improving yourself, being mm -hmm. the only... Um, I guess, motivation to improve yourself. You also have to want it internally too. So the role of the team is to keep the boat floating, continue doing your job, perform as well as you can, but as well as seek performance and always wanting to continue growing as an individual too. Mm -hmm. So what are common habits of highly effective leaders? Common habits, do we have, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> we can go. <laughs> um, there's a very long, in my belief, there's a very long, extensive list of common habits. You see it so often. Um, my favorite ones would be being in tune with the team that you lead, uh, being so they're frequently in communication and understanding the team's strengths as well as their daily barriers and struggles. So it should not come as surprise to you if there's a barrier to your team completing their job function if it's an everyday expectation because you should have that line of communication. Not only should the team member or the employee uh, feel very confident enough to approach you regarding concerns they have and the barriers they may have in completing their everyday job role and function, but as well as you're, you're around, you're checking in and that surface level. It's not just rhetoric because 
everyone, we're human. We do repat. We know when someone's being genuine with you, you know, when someone is just checking off boxes to make say that, hey, yes, I did that. Yes, I was in communication with my team. Like, no, we know when it's a genuine, authentic effort. So it is very important to be genuine. Mm-hmm. But it, being in constant communication, um, requesting feedback to assure that your idea of effectively leading is being translated through your actions so it's understood by the team, being confident, knowledgeable in the job role, being a continuous learner. Uh, a saying I've been told that always resonated with me to this day is that you will never stop being a student. Mm-hmm. There is the way life goes, the way that company and business and the market changes, there's always going to be a need to continuously learn because there's always going to be changes and we need to learn how to operate at a high performance and actually be up to date with what's going on. (laughs) So in order for us to be successful, we have to make sure we're being a continuous learner, but as well as being flexible that and knowing that when you're operating with the team, there comes different personalities. Mm-hmm. How do you respond well to both of those? All of them, really, because you're one person and then you're overseeing how many people. That's that's a lot of different personalities. So mm-hmm. effectively planning before engaging the team, I feel is so important. I see that as a habit for um, high effective leaders that they will not ask their team to do something that one, they're not willing to do themselves or they didn't think strategically on because once you make that change and if it increases increases the workload or creates strenuous working conditions for your team, you have to understand that instead of leading them or saying that, hey, this is going to be an easy job function. And it turns out to be one of the most difficult process changes that or process that they have ever endured, that's going to create a rift in their relationship. So I see that they're very in tune in the communication, operating in balance, comprehension, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. I see that you're very passionate about effective uh or highly effective leaders. <laughs> <laughs> that's my degree. It's where it's, where it's at. <laughs> no, that's great. Right. So let's talk a little bit about trust. Like, how can how can a leader build trust? Because when you have trust, a lot is possible. When you have trust, people people dare to be vulnerable. People dare to be themselves. People dare to be transparent without fearing that that they will have to suffer any consequences. So I think trust is something so important. So so yeah, so how can a leader build trust? We have to keep our word. If we're going to say we're going to do something, we have to do it. So we should be very careful about what we're saying we're going to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, we're all human again. So if we make a mistake, we have to admit those mistakes. We all saw everybody make that mistake. We can't just go, okay, we're gonna just And that didn't happen. No, everybody saw we have to recognize it because, again, decisions that we make do impact others. And we want to make sure that we're not making um, big mistakes to where it's negatively impacting the team that we're leading because it does uh, it it comes down onto their mental. It comes down into their work ethic. Uh, We do not want them performing out of spite. it's not healthy for obvious reasons, but the biggest one for me is just being honest and transparent, whether the news is good or bad. Honesty mm-hmm. and transparency seems to be the most difficult aspect for trained leaders, mm-hmm. trained leaders mm-hmm. um, to have because they are often told by their trained leaders <laughs> mm-hmm. to withhold information from their team or because they simply are struggling with being an effective leader. And 
Information is information. I understand that we're not always able to share everything um, for legal reasons. However, mm -hmm. if it's within legal limit, we have to have, be that transparent person we, because we it's recognized when you aren't. It is very apparent. We're working with each other 40 hours every week. You spend a lot of time with these individuals. You start seeing the behaviors. You start seeing the characteristics and that's not something that we can just hide. So the more we're honest about our limitations, honest about our strengths too, is the only way we can co-work, collaborate on work outputs. We can collaborate on these projects. We can collaborate on any special assignment that needs to get done. Mm -hmm. So, but we, once you're making statements or a mistake is made and let's say the repercussions from it comes on your team and you don't say anything, that's going to disrupt trust. Or if you're saying one thing, but then everyone can visibly see that it's operating or something else is occurring. So that's a lie at that point. Mm -hmm. That's disrupting the trust. <laughs> you're not being authentic. So mm -hmm. we want to make sure that our actions and what's going on around us is reflective in what we're saying. Mm -hmm. So it seems like uh, some leaders may have fear around this 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 I mean this issue too because um, a lot of times we tend to see leaders at people who should you know who who, who maybe sh know what they, they are doing but um, many times they are in a position that of yeah they face challenges too and they're growing and all of that so from everything you described it seems like um, there can be some fears around being vulnerable or being, you know, like completely transparent. Like, why do you think they may fear this towards their team? Because not operating from a genuine space. Mm -hmm. um, you're not leading from a genuine space. You're leading out of fear. You're leading because mm -hmm. you have a promotion. You were, you, you're expected to have your team perform at a certain level. And I'm pretty sure you're receiving um, feedback from your leaders as, hey, you didn't meet this quota or your team did not meet this quota. Why not? Like you're getting that pressure. That's a lot of pressure to have on your shoulders. So how do you think clearly and level-headed when you have all of this going on above you? Naturally, what happens? Well, it just transfers over down. <laughs> so it's just like a passing of a ball. And that's the mistake that we make because at what point do we stop and we say, hey, Yes, I in this leadership position because I'm more than capable of saying weight. Mm -hmm. So I understand the expectation. I understand what's required of me and I understand the weight that's on my shoulder. So I'm going to hold it here. However, because all of this is on my shoulder, it does not mean that I transfer it down to the team that I'm overseeing. At some point, I have to think, okay, how can I make sure we get this done without exhausting every single team member that I have? How do, how do we do that? And that's being able to strategically plan, to make effective decisions, to make the appropriate call too. Sometimes you're not going to make the best call. There's going to be mistakes, but we, we can't keep just passing the baton. We can't keep dodging because you're not holding the responsibility, which goes back to what we previously talked about mm -hmm. of recognizing the role as not just a promotion, but as the responsibility. So it's, it's part of your role. You have to take that responsibility, but a lot of um, people in management management positions aren't taking that responsibility or their the responsibility is too much and they do not have the appropriate guidance from their leadership in order to appropriately transfer 
that the necessary um, information, necessary communications, how to efficiently communicate your needs or the business needs, as well as to a way that your team can understand and perform effortlessly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. And and one thing that came to my mind is that if a leader, if a trained leader uh, measures his or her success by by the deliverables, mm-hmm. then of course you're gonna you're gonna feel very uncomfortable. You may feel like you don't know how to be transparent or all of that because because you may fear that that can impact your deliverables and mm. um, and that's how that's the way you measure success. But a leader that measures success in a different way that measures success in by looking at the growth of the team, regardless of the mistakes that they make. Is going to have a different, a different attitude, and a different way of seeing things. So even even when things don't go the way as planned, if you learn something, that is a success already. And how are we going to plan so we can do better next time? So I think that projects some kind of confidence that reflects also on the team that a team can feel at peace to really experiment mm-hmm. and and do what they need to do to actually learn, because. How can you learn if you're not given the space to kind of like play? You know what I mean? Or, or really like the freedom and the flexibility. You're not going to reach your potential. If we think about all these people that came out with great things, they experimented a lot. They kept experimenting, experimenting until they got like a great result. Right. Like your team, they're the ones connected more directly to the work. We have mm-hmm. to hold them up to that. We we have to have some form of trust there. We have to include them on those decisions. We need to make sure we're communicating with them because we're going to make decisions that, you know, impact their function or impact something that's associated with them. We want to be very clear of what will all be associated with that change because, you know, our perspective, I can make a decision and go, you know, in my mind, it makes sense. This is going to look great. I mean, it's just going to be effortlessly, you know, everyone's going to do well. And I already planned here. I have my stack of papers. <laughs> but if I'm not involved in the process, I'm very, very sure that there is going to be something that I did not take into consideration. And it can be something so small that would impact the success or 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 the level of success that project will be upon completion. And that's, again, that's all we're aiming towards is being successful. We want mm-hmm. to complete projects. We want goals achieved. We want our metrics on target. <laughs> and we want everybody to do it with a smile on their face. <laughs> but, but we also have to make sure that we're doing so in a healthy manner. And mm-hmm. that and everybody knows that working in business, it can be very stressful because again, the people component isn't taking into consideration, but look into the companies who have the most success with the teams with the highest performances and see why. Ask mm-hmm. the question, why? What do they have? People will blow your mind when you allow them the room to think creatively, to allow them to be a part of processes. When you give that trust to your team saying, I know you have this, you would. I've seen so many people, so many employees just grow and shine. You're like, wow, I had no idea this person had this in them. Like I, they just take over projects and they just excel at it. And you know, it was little Susie and such and such who you never heard a word from, but then their leader gave them a chance to have a voice and to think creatively and actually be a part of something. And she was able to show what she can do. So if we continue to minimize employees by giving them 
boxes to check off and then leaving it there, we're not really pushing the company forward. We need to see, everybody was hired for a reason. If if your company has an extensive hiring process, that employee was hired for a reason. That employee is definitely capable of doing a lot more than checking off boxes. So we need to make sure we're not just, I know it sounds bad to say capitalizing (laughs) on that, but it's also giving them the experience. It's also giving them the support because we're only as strong as the employees that we create, as the employees we give opportunities to. If we're never giving those opportunities, then we're going to remain stagnant and then we're going to continue outsourcing and looking for consultants to come in when we had the talent here the entire time. We just never allowed them to shine. And that is not the most cost efficient manner to operate in either. When you already have the talent internally in the department, but we're outsourcing for the talent because we never saw or recognized the value we had. People eventually see their and recognize their own value. And we then we start losing those value, those talents. We start losing those individuals who provided, maybe they were highly performing, um, highly performing employees. However, we never gave them the opportunity to do more because we just confined them to that position, even though they communicated that they wanted to do more. We do lose them to our competitors. So we want to make sure that we're retaining that talent and we're also giving that talent the opportunity to continue to grow because we benefit from it at the end of the day. And this, if it's the risks associated that we're concerned about, then that's when we need the involvement and then the support from our leadership. Mm-hmm. Yes, totally. Like a lot of times, like I get the impression that when when the people component of an organization is incorporated, it's like some people think that it's either or. So if you want to incorporate people components, it's like your processes are going to suffer, you know? So is it either either people or process? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's true at all. Like when you when you focus on the people component, it's going to have such a bigger impact on your processes also. Um, it may just take a little bit longer. You know what I mean? Because you're investing and this is with every type of relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether you're dating, you're like investing in this person. So it's the same concept, but then on a more professional level. So I just wanted to add that because from my experience, I tend to see different different way, ways of thinking. And it's almost like it's one or the other, but it shouldn't be that way. It can be both. Um, right. You prioritize the people they can blow your mind away with a process. So what is more beautiful than investing in them and they're there because they wanna be there. They're not there just because they need a job. They're there because they're faithful and they, they wanna give you everything they have. I mean, and willingly. Right. I think that's the most beautiful thing you can accomplish in an organization, willing, willing employees that are doing their job from the heart and that that are 100% there with you not because they need a paycheck but because they they do what they love and they they enjoy it and they happen to get a paycheck at the end of the month you know what i mean so yes it's allowing employees to operate out of passion that's the most strongest investment we can do is invest in people's passion of already operating within their position Oh, that's all it is. It's just giving them a little bit of opportunity and room to grow. But if we're constantly confining them, we will shrink employees to be minimized as the expectations that we're setting. But the more room we're giving them to grow and expand, like you stated, 
they're going mm-hmm. to grow so beautifully. They're going to operate out of passion. It's the foundational core pieces into uh-huh. the company. And I feel that, you know, sometimes we're not prioritizing that because like you stated, it has to be one or the other. And yes, yes it may take a little bit longer, but that's what investing is because exactly. you have that person. You mm-hmm. have that person. As long as you continue to give back to the people who are giving to you and working as hard as they are and passionate about what you what they're doing, mm-hmm. they're, they want to do it because they're just that invested. So we have to make sure we give them room to do that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so um, what's your favorite leadership memory? My favorite leadership memory is when my leadership had confidence in me, saw something in me before I could see it within myself. Because a lot of times, you know, you're just, you're so used to being confined, you know, you don't want to overstep boundaries, you want to operate only within your process, you only want to work within your policy. But when someone in leadership saw the potential in me before I saw it within myself, I felt empowered. And being able to empower your team's strength unlocks confidence and encourage the employee to think greater than the role that they are confined to. So when you're operating again, like out of passion, output naturally flows. So employees recognize management's rhetoric of being engaged with their employees by asking questions and checking off boxes. But my best leadership memory is when I'm being heard and those conversations turn into actions. And so I really feel the collaboration. I feel very team oriented and it's inspiring. Mm -hmm. And it gives you that confidence that, hey, I can do more. And then when you really touch that passion within yourself, and you and you stop restricting yourself. You can't. You stop telling yourself, "I can't do it. I can't do it." Mm-hmm. And you go, "No, I do have this." You see a whole other side to yourself, and I think that was the best leadership memory I was ever ever given. And because of that, it made me the person who I am today. It made me realize why I'm so passionate about what I'm passionate about, and it encouraged me to further my studies and be engaged as engaged as I am. And it really shapes my personality to this day. So not only is it on my professional side, but it's a lifestyle. So. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's a lifestyle. So it's not something you just turn on when you're at work and you turn it off when, you know, at the end of the day. It's more like it's it's like a core belief. So I like the part you said about feeling hurt and like connected with action plans. I mean, mm-hmm. um, somebody who can do that. That's what they believe in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're not just going to do that because, oh, I need to check a box. Like maybe they can do it once, but if they're consist- consistently like that, um, that means that they believe in that. And I think that's powerful. Like, yeah, a lifestyle. Yes, yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Because it, it flows just outside of the, the work day, for example. I like to read a lot. So a lot of the books that I like to read just happen to be about leadership because it's about what I'm passionate about. It's um, understanding, like, how do you uplift others? Not only, And then it makes you also, it's kind of like a self-help book too, because you start realizing a lot about your own personality, about your own characteristics. Like, oh, okay. So I know I operate within this limit. I never understood why I just always did. It gives definition, it gives meaning, it creates more awareness of like, okay, now I understand the term associated with that action. 
I can understand not only me, because we do need to be in tune with ourselves too, have awareness for ourselves too, but also makes me better at my job. It makes me more connected to my job too. It makes me more knowledgeable about my job. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. And I think we can learn a lot of things in leadership books. It's not just about leading a team. It's about that yeah. a lifestyle. Like how do you lead your own life? How do you treat people you care about? How do I want to create new habits, you know, that are beneficial? So I think we can learn so much by just becoming a leader in different areas. So what is your favorite leadership style and why? My favorite, 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 favorite one is transformational. Uh Um, I like it because it's clear cut communication, you know, the goal setting, the employee motivation. I love love, love just the collaborative approach on handling projects. I mean, I'm able to work individually or independently, I should say, but nothing is stronger than being able to take people from different teams or different departments or different organizations, and they're able to successfully work together and make a vision or make a project come to life. I just love it. So mm-hmm. I think um, that's my favorite one because it values the personal connection uh, and it boosts the company morale as well as retention and it values the ethics of the company and team instead of ignoring one for the other. So all for the greater good of focusing on achieving goals. So that's my favorite, favorite one. Nice. So can you define an important and difficult task for a leader? Finding the appropriate balance between business need and team while being able to professionally communicate those limitations. So I would say making sure like you're the you're the keeper of balance. <laughs> you're the keeper of restoring and sustaining that balance between, you know, your business or the business as well as what people can do or finding and making sure we're employing people who can do those functions and recognizing it. It's just it's just about being honest. We need to be honest. We're not communicating enough. We're not telling the hard truths enough. We're not asking enough questions for clarity. It's it's often just, oh, we need to make this decision. We have this deadline. Okay, okay, well, make sure we're all on the same page for this too. So it's difficult to speak up, especially when you're the only one speaking up. But I encourage it because we're, we're all working for the same organization. We all have the same goal. So we should all be collaborating together. We should all make sure we're on the same page because if not, it becomes reflected. And then that's when there are gaps and there's where missing links come from. And if we don't have anything sturdy to continuously building on, we're building on a broken structure. And it, again, the whole goal is to be successful. And that's not pointing us in the most successful journey or the most successful avenue. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So Dijani, thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge about leadership, your passion. It was a lot of fun learning from you. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for having me. I love talking about the subject. I can go on and on and on about it. It doesn't matter time or place, but definitely mm-hmm. um, I love to talk about it. It's it's my passion and Thank you so much for having me. I am here for you guys and fully in support of Beard and Curls. You guys are on <laughs> podcast and just love the material that you produce. So thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to be a part of your show. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it, folks. That's our show for today. Thanks again for tuning in. And as always, like it or not, Beard, Beard and Curls is the new his and hers. hers.